Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. Can I preach tonight? Good. Well, I'm going to, so can I, can I preach tonight? <laughs> Amen. Thank you so much, Stephen. Love you. I want you to grab your Bibles tonight, if you would, and I want to say this up front. Um, I'm, I'm going to make my way to what I feel like the Lord is speaking and um, what he is saying. I'm going to preach my way to what I feel he wants me to declare over us tonight. I want you to use your Bibles. I want you to take good notes. Um, we use the Bible around here. We never apologize for using our Bibles. Amen. Come on. We love the Word of God. So make sure you take notes. I know that scriptures will be behind me, but we're going to move. And um, just so you know, when I prepare a message, I, I'm a messenger, okay? I'm a messenger from the Lord. When I prepare a message, I'm not preparing a sermon. I'm preparing a message from the Lord as a messenger. So when I'm in my flow, what I do up here is I... I'm in conversations with the Holy Spirit while I'm talking to you, and I'm looking to navigate and move and, and be moved in the winds of the Spirit. So I have what I've prepared tonight, but I'm also ready to run a lap like some of you did tonight. I saw you. I saw you. For those that ran laps tonight in the house, I saw you. Yes, I did. I want to talk to you, I, know I hardly ever do this, but I want you to write down the subject tonight, which I feel is very prophetic, without fear of evil. Without fear of evil. One more time, without fear of evil. And I'm going to be ministering along the lines as well concerning the ministry of angels. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Are you ready? Okay. Did I, did I give you a text? Luke 21. Let's go ahead and start right there. Luke 21. These are the words of Jesus. I'm beginning to read in verse 25. Gospel of Luke 21, verse 25. There will be signs in the sun. And in the moon and in the stars. And on the earth, distress of nations. With perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Men's heart failing them from fear. And the expectation of those things that are coming upon the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then you will see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things happen, look up, lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Hallelujah. I want you to look at verse 26. Men's hearts will fail them from fear. From fear and the expectation of those things that are coming upon the earth. I want you to look at this verse behind me tonight. Put it in your notes. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 33. And get yourself anchored in this. 
tonight as we just set out for this message. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Can we read it together? But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and be secure without fear of evil. Father, I thank you for your presence tonight. I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I pray that it will increase right now. That, Lord, the level of your presence and glory and anointing would increase upon this house, upon me as your messenger, upon the hearer, upon those online tonight, Lord, that your word will come forth like lightning and thunder. Lord, that it will cause us to stand at attention at your presence in this hour in the name of Jesus. And may we hear your voice beyond my voice, Lord. I pray that your voice will thunder in this house. I pray that they will hear the voice of the Lord speaking to them confirming to them, affirming, standing them up at attention in their spirit man and saying, this is my will, this is my direction, this is my desire, in Jesus' name. Let's shout an amen together. I want you to go to Joshua 5. We're going to use our Bibles tonight. This is a night where we're going to run the bases and we're going to slide headfirst into home. Amen? We're going to go for it. Now, I've set some things right here in the foundations in the very beginning. These are powerful words of Jesus concerning the last days which we are living in even right now. But this is such a promise from the Lord. Whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Isn't that a good word? It's a good place to start tonight, isn't it? Joshua 5, I'm going to take you into a brief moment of this story. Verse 13, this is when Joshua is going to fight the Amorites, and it came to pass. Verse 13, are you there? When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes, and he looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with a sword drawn in his hand. Joshua went to him. And he said to him, are you for us or are you for our adversaries? And he said, no. (laughs) And I love that. Two two big questions. Are you for them or are you for us? No. I'm sure Joshua was a little perplexed. He said, no, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Ooh, I love that. Grab a hold of that. As the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Now come. And Joshua fell to his face, to, with his face to the earth, and he worshiped him. And he says, what does my Lord have to say to his servant? And then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandals off of your feet, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Now I want to make this very important point, if you're not familiar with this. When angels appeared in Scripture, any time an angel would appear in Scripture and people were fearful and they would fall down and they would begin to worship, the angels 
from the throne of heaven would stop them and say, do not worship me, for I am but a fellow worker among you. Are you hearing me? But that's not what happened here. What happened here in this passage of Scripture is called a theophany. A theophany, if you're not familiar with the term, a theophany is actually an appearing or a revelation or a revealing of Jesus in the Old Covenant before He became the incarnate Christ. What does the incarnate Christ mean? It means when John wrote in John 1.14, he says, well, let's start at the beginning. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then you jump down to verse 14. He says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Godhead became a man. Jesus was not only the Son of God, He was the Son of Man. And so the Word had to become flesh. Jesus had to take on flesh to come and dwell amongst us. But the pre-incarnate, let me not miss my point, that is the incarnation. God becoming man. That's what the incarnation is. God taking on flesh. But the pre-incarnate Jesus was manifesting even in the Old Covenant and the Old Testament. And this is one of these moments. It's a theophany. Where Jesus appears to Joshua and he says, who are you? Who are you for? Are you for us or are you for them? And I love how Jesus can answer two questions with just one word. No. No. But this is what you have to know. I have come now as the commander of the armies of heaven. I have come. And what you need to know about me is I have a heavenly host, a heavenly army ready now to back me up at the authority of my word. I want you to grab hold of this in the very foundations of this message tonight. Jesus is the commander, the captain of the angel armies of heaven. Grab hold of this tonight. He's the God of angel armies. Hallelujah. In John chapter 18, we find this unique story, and it, and, and it, it plunges us into the, uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. Many of us in this room have been there, and I'll never forget our trip together. The disciples are having a very hard time praying with Jesus. Jesus knows that he, he is about to literally surrender his life over. He's about ready to give himself over to being arrested, turned over into evil hands. The disciples are falling asleep. The guards have now come. Peter takes hold of a sword. The scripture tells us in John 18, it says then, verse 10, it says, Simon Peter, having a sword, he took it and he struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Now, <laughs> I remember my dad saying when I was very young, he said, I don't think Peter was aiming for his ear. <laughs> I think he was going for the head. And this is one of my favorite, this is one of my all-time favorite miracles in all the scriptures because 
Malchus has his ear cut off. Imagine his head is pouring blood. And the Gospels tell us that Jesus goes and takes his ear and puts it back on his head and heals him. It's one of my favorite. Thankfully, Peter didn't succeed in taking off of his head. Talk about losing your head. I mean, can you imagine? Hold on, boys. Before you arrest me, let me put this head back on this gentleman. That's so wild. Wild. Matthew chapter 26. In verse 52 and 53. I know these scriptures are going to be behind us tonight. But I want you to put them in your notes. Jesus said to him, put your sword in its place. For all who take up the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my Father and He will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? Wow. Wow. The English Standard Version, the ESV, says it like this. It says, put away your sword. Jesus told Peter, those that use the sword, they're going to die by the sword. Don't you realize that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us? And he would send them instantly. Wow. Now, how much strength do you think that one angel possesses? Tonight, I want us to consider the full impact of Jesus' words. I'm talking to you tonight about without fear of evil. Some of you, I'll tell you what, this word's going to hit you and empower you tonight. You're going to walk out of here standing straight at attention. You're not going to let the enemy intimidate you anymore. You're going to realize the angel armies that have been commissioned to you. Who are around you, your children, your family. Hallelujah. Your purpose, your destiny. Glory to God. I want you to listen to some of these questions. What is a legion? A legion. What is a legion? It's at least, what we know scripturally, it's at least 6,000 Roman soldiers. Think of that. 6,000. That's what a legion was. Now, Jesus said, I could have, don't you know that I could have employed 12 legions of angels? Now, think about this. Here's an amazing example. Put this in your notes. This is Mark chapter 5 and verse 9. There, this is an extraordinary story. It, the Bible tells us about a demon-possessed man that is filled with a legion of demons. And what is captivating about the story, it's very rare that Jesus actually does a little bit of an interview on the devil. He actually asks the demon spirit, what is your name? This is in Matthew 5. What is your name? And he says, my name is Legion. This is Mark chapter 5 and verse 9. He cries out and he says, my name is Legion for we are many. Now you think about this, this man that was possessed in the, the region of the Gadarenes, and when Jesus comes out, 
And this man is going absolutely wild. Jesus calls out to him and says, what is your name? Now, he's not talking to the man. He's talking to the devil. And he says, my name is Legion, for we are many. And if, you don't know, if you're not familiar with the story, what happens is, is this man falls down and worships Jesus. All of these devils on the inside of him cannot hold him back from falling at the feet of Jesus and worshiping him. And then, and then if that's not good enough, the demons beg Jesus not to cast them out of the country. Now, this is a very unique interaction. They're talking about territory. They don't want to leave the country. They're begging Jesus, don't make us leave the country. And if you know the story, Jesus cast those demons into 2,000 swine or pigs. And those pigs run off a high cliff into the sea and they're drowned there. Wow. Thousands of demon spirits. Listen. Thousands of demon spirits had hold of this man. I ask you tonight, how vast is the human spirit? How vast is the human spirit? Let's just move from here over to here. How vast is the human spirit if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead can live and dwell within you? How vast is your spirit that God has created to be the housing place of the very glory of God? What was the dream of God? What was the genius? What was the architecture of Almighty God that he would dream in such a way, I'm going to build my creation to house my glory? Your spirit is so infinitely larger than you've ever dreamed. We've got to take hold of this tonight. Because when we do, authority will take hold of us. The authority of the king. This man was bound, tormented by thousands of devils. And Jesus, in one moment, was able to drive it out. In one moment, take care of it. Glory to God. It's powerful. How many angels would there have been? Let's say if a legion was 6,000. That's 72,000. Hey, Peter, don't you know? Guys, don't you know? I could have asked my father. And he would have answered me immediately. There would have been 72,000 dispatched from the throne of God to take care of this. Wow, that, that just moves me. See, it becomes very obvious to me tonight. There was no human force on the earth strong enough to take Jesus against his will. This is John 19, 11. Put it in your notes tonight. I don't even know if I gave it to the, G, the, the team back there. John 19, 11. He says this to Pilate. Jesus, this is so bold. Every time I read it, I just stand at attention. He says, he said to, he said to Pilate, you could have no power at all against me except it were given to thee from above. Whoa, that is so bold. Jesus could have summoned 72,000 magnificent, mighty, dazzling, 
glorious, overwhelmingly powerful angels to the garden to totally obliterate. Think of that. Roman soldiers, the temple police that had come. But why now? Why was he letting down, let's call it the shield? Why was he now ready to take down the shield? Because it was his time to voluntarily lay down his life for the sins of all the entirety of humanity to every generation that would call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. He willingly laid his life down. He voluntarily gave his life over. He surrendered himself. I love the scripture and I, I use it so often. It's branded in me. It's John 10, 18. John 10, 18. These are the words of Jesus. He says, no one takes it from me. He's talking about his life. No one takes it from me. I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up again. This command I have received from my Father. This is so powerful, because I think of Jesus standing in the heavenly throne room before his father, before he would go through the transformation of the God who forever was and forever will be, the Alpha, the Omega, the first, the last, the beginning, and the end, and knowing he is about to become the incarnate Christ. He's going to go into a virgin little woman and become flesh. And his father is looking at him with burning eyes and saying, remember this, when you're in the earth realm, nobody can take your life. Nobody can take your life. Are you hearing this? This is a word over you. Nobody can, no, nothing has the authority to snuff you out. You have the power, my son. You have the power, my son, to lay down your life and to take it up again. I give this to you as a command. Man, no wonder Jesus, man, he was so bold. Radical, powerful lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He knew his identity. He knew the strength from his, powers, from his father's command over him. I've referenced this before. You can find it in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 37. During the time of King Hezekiah, when he was ruling in all of Israel, this was the time of the prophet Isaiah, when Isaiah stood on the wall, when King Sennacherib came against all of Israel. And at that time, King Hezekiah is there ruling. And they surround all of all the, the Mount of Olives and and. Isaiah stands on top of the wall and makes a decree. Not one arrow of the enemy will come into this city. And in the middle of that night, God dispatches one angel. He dispatches how many? Thank you. You're with me tonight. One angel. And when they wake up, when it's time to go to battle, when it's time for the war to start, what happens? They look out over the walls, and there's 185,000 thousand of the enemy armies laying dead. Their corpses are laying dead all over the Mount of Olives. One angel. 
I like the math. One to 185,000. It's good stuff, hey? This is good. I love it. Angels appear from the beginning of our Bibles in the garden. They begin at the very beginning in Genesis. They end us out in the book of Revelation, which I will tell you even now, ladies and gentlemen, the book of Revelation should be open in your home and in your study time. What an unprecedented hour we are moving into. Angels are mentioned over 300 times in Scripture. It's powerful. Angels have purpose. Angels have power that actually affect your life. Angels have the ability actually to give you the winning edge. I will say it, say it like this. When I say winning edge, what is that? That's God's favor. That's God's providence. God, is, God has anointed them with such power and authority over your life that what, what you just think, you know, what we can't see in the unseen realm, all along they were moving with you. All along throughout your life, the angels of God were right there assigned to your purpose and destiny. They were the ones opening the doors. They were the ones closing the wrong doors. They were the ones that kept you alive. I'm standing here preaching tonight because the Lord literally kept me alive. Literally. Stories I could tell. God has commissioned angels to the ecclesia, which Jesus says they are his church, that the gates of hell, this is Matthew chapter 16. He says, I'm building the church. Jesus said it. I'm the master builder. I'm building the church and the gates of hell. They will not prevail against the reason. Part of the reason that the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against the church that Jesus is building is because of the angel armies they are accessing. Where angels and men are working together. Now I'm moving closer to my point. Ha ha. Ha ha Yes. Are you with me tonight? I've told the story, and I won't belabor the story, but I've told the story in here before when I was a boy. There was a woman, our house, as a, as a little boy, our house was three blocks north of the bridge in our town. My hometown is Pekin, Illinois. My family's watching right now. They're, they're watching every week. Of course, they remember this. And our house was three blocks north of the Pekin Bridge. And the river, the Illinois River, flows south. We are three blocks what? North of the bridge, the river flows. Okay, you're with me tonight. Good. And so we were in an all-out drought, an all-out drought where the Illinois River had dropped to its lowest depths. It was a historic summer of this drought. And this woman, she had had a, I don't want to go into the depths of the details, but had a horrific relationship and decided that night she was going to take her life, end her life. So she, she revved her car as fast as she could on the other side of the bridge and threw the wheel and threw her car five times over into a cornfield. She walked out without a scratch. 
So she decided, I'm going to walk up on the bridge and jump off the bridge. That's exactly what she did. She walked out of that cornfield from her wrecked car, walked up the top of the bridge, took her shoes off, laid them on the top shelf right there on top of the bridge, looked over and jumped off. The river was at a record low. She jumped off of that bridge. She went into the little bit of water that was there. She went into the river mud. The next thing she knew, she opened her eyes on our back porch and was reading a sign. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. She looked like the swamp thing. All you could see were the whites of her eyes. That thick river, stinky mud was caked on her. She didn't look human. The police came to the house. She told the story. I'm talking about the intervention of angels. The angels of God picked her up out of that riverbed, carried her three blocks north to the Gibbs' house to receive Jesus. Come on. I'm talking about angels. Angels shut the mouths of lions for the prophet Daniel. He was cast into a pit with hungry lions. This is Daniel chapter 2. Uh, I'm sorry, verse, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> chapter 6, verse 22. I'm hyped up. I'm amped up up here. Oh, I heard you. Come on. I'm coming on. Okay, I'm coming. Daniel 6, 22. I'm doing my best, Susan. I'm working it. She's like, come on. Get your Bible straight. Daniel 6, 22. God sent his angels and shut the, the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. Oh, I love that. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. I love that. Angels delivered the apostle Peter out of Herod's prison. We talked about this several weeks ago, Acts 12. How many of you remember that? Acts 12, verse 7, it says, Suddenly there was an angel of the Lord that appeared beside him. There was a bright light in the cell, and the angel of the Lord stood before Peter. And the angel struck him on the side and said, Wake up, quick! Get up! And all the chains fell off of him at once. Then the angel led him out of the prison. Think of that. They're all over your Bible. Don't think it's strange. In this hour, when they start really showing up to work with the church. Don't think it's strange when they start showing up in our worship gatherings and assisting us before the throne of God. Woo! Matthew chapter 4, put it in your notes, verse 11. Angels came and ministered to Jesus in the wilderness after being tempted by the devil. Back in Luke 22, Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, and the angels came and ministered to him. Verse 41, it says, He, he was then withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and he prayed. He said, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. 
And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. I believe angels are ministering to you, Steve and Rita, right now. Right now. Acts chapter 10, I want to take you into a, an amazing story quickly. Acts chapter 10, this is about Cornelius. And maybe this story is very familiar to you, maybe it's not. But I'm going to take you in just a few verses. Verse 3. It was about the ninth hour of the day. Cornelius, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming to him and saying, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid. Oh, yeah. Hello. And he said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your giving. Your prayers and your alms. Think about that. Your prayers and your offerings. They've come up as a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. That's right there in Tel Aviv. That's right there on the Mediterranean Sea where we were, right there in the old city of Joppa. That's where Peter was. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained these things to them, they were sent to Joppa. Notice that. The angels were sent on an assignment because of two things, his prayers and his giving. Now, this is powerful stuff. Because the angel tells him, God has been watching over your giving. That is awesome. To think that our giving could actually be so attractive to God that it moves him. Oh, that's good. His prayers and his giving. And what happened was, is the kingdom of God came to Cornelius' house. He came into the kingdom. Angels are ministering spirits that God sends to, he sends them to guard the righteous. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, put it in your notes. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. How am I doing out there online? Are we doing good back there, Ryan? Are we doing good? I can't hear any of those people amening me out of their cars or their houses. Ah, oh, I think I just heard my mom. Okay, there it is. Thank you, mom. <laughs> Hebrews 1.14, it says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? You need to know tonight that God has assigned angels to every believer. God has assigned angels to every believer. You've got to get this. You've got to take hold of it. Matthew chapter 18. I know we're moving through the Bible tonight. The scriptures are behind me. Put it in your notes. You need to just keep this before you. Matthew 18, 10. Jesus said, take heed. Oh, I'm just looking down at my text messages to see if my mom was sending an amen. My phone just lit up. <laughs> Actually, a lot of people are texting me right now. Okay, I'm going to keep my, my face on my notes. So anyway, <laughs> I'm going to turn my phone over. <laughs> oh. 
One night I was preaching and my brother was writing me. He was watching. He was sending me texts and all kinds of friends were watching, sending me texts. You go, you go. Matthew 10. You got to have the encouragement, right? Matthew, Matthew, where am I at? Oh, help me, Lord. <laughs> it's not on my phone. Susan, where am I at? Help me. Matthew 18, 10. Jesus said, take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. Now, I... I this is what resonated in me when that little one, what's her little name that's down here worshiping all the time? Josie. Jos Josephine, yeah. She was down here worshiping and flagging. I love it. She's down here every week just spinning before the Lord, taking her little dress before the king and, and worshiping, and her eyes are up to the Lord. And she's always in proximity of me when we're just going for it. And I'm like, this is like the best place to be ever. <laughs> Jesus says... <laughs> He says, take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. Their angels always directly look at my father's face. Isn't that amazing? So powerful. We know out of Daniel chapter 9, angels bring answers. They bring revelation to prayer. Angels come with revelation. Angels come with answers. Angels come with assignments. Luke chapter 1 and verse 35. Here's a scripture that you're very familiar with. The angel Gabriel. Who is, who is the angel Gabriel? He's a messenger angel. He comes to Mary and answers a question. What was her question? How is this going to be? I'm a virgin. I've never, met, I've never been with a man. How is this going to be? And Gabriel said this. See, I, I love this. When we, when we read these scriptures, think about it. Humans and angels are having conversations. It's just awesome. And it's biblical. The angel said, the Holy Spirit, he's going to overshadow you, and you're going to conceive. And that child that you're carrying, he's going to be called the Son of God. <laughs> what an announcement. Think about this. Go to Luke 16. Luke 16. Think about this. When you die, and you will. How many of you know that? When you die, and you will. You are going to be escorted into the presence of the throne of God by angels. You know, before we read this, see, the Father is so good. There's such a presence of God up here. Man. The Father is so caring to think that the moment we step across the veil into the, the next dimension, we're not alone. Remember, Jesus said, I will not leave you alone, but I will come to you. Remember, I'll send my spirit. You're not alone, my friend. But the moment you cross that veil or that threshold, the first thing you will probably see is the angels of God that have been commissioned to carry you to the presence of Jesus. Think about that. I want to read you a story. Now hear this. This is a story. This is not a parable. This is a story from Jesus. 
He tells a story about a man named Lazarus who at one moment, at one moment, he was begging for crumbs and then suddenly, the next moment, he's being carried by the arms of angels into the throne room. Hallelujah. Jesus said, there was verse 19, there was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen, who lived each day in luxury. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus who was covered in sores. And Lazarus lay there longing for scraps from the rich man's table. The dogs would come and lick his open sores. I'm sorry, that's so gross, but we're reading the Bible. The dogs would come and lick his open sores. Finally, the poor man died. Look at those next words. He was carried by the angels to sit beside Abraham at a heavenly banquet. And the rich man also died and he was buried. And he went to the place of the dead. And there in torment, he saw Abraham in a far distance with Lazarus at his side. And the rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am in anguish in these flames. I am in anguish in these flames. But Abraham said to him, son, remember that during your lifetime you had everything you wanted and Lazarus had nothing so now he is here being comforted, and you are in anguish. And besides, there is a great chasm that is separating us. No one can cross over to you from here, and no one can cross over to us from there. And the rich man said, please, please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, and I want him to warn them. So that they do not end up in this place of torment. Oh, this is so strong. But Abraham said, Moses, watch this. Listen to this language. Moses and the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can read what they have wrote. Whoa. The rich man replied, Father Abraham, but if someone was sent from the dead, then they would repent of their sins and turn to God. But Abraham said, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, watch these next words, they won't be persuaded even if someone raises from the dead. Jesus is speaking about himself to them. I'm about to rise up from the dead and they still won't believe. There's so much. I want to like preach this whole text. I only want to harvest one thing. The moment Lazarus stepped through the threshold, he was suddenly taken and scooped up in the arms of angels. That's powerful to think about, isn't it? It's powerful to think about. I think about what it's going to be like for us to step through the threshold one day in our lives. Or should we be alive when Jesus comes for his bride and captures his church? What it will be like when our corruption takes on incorruption. When our mortality puts on immortality. What we will see. What we will behold. The scripture says when we, when we behold him, we shall literally be like him. We will be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye.
I often think about the music that our, we're going to listen to and behold and experience and feel. Every one of us love to watch movies because we're moved by a score. In real life, there is a score going on in your life, Cody. You just can't hear it yet. God has written everything, the, the masterpiece of your whole life, the storybook of your life, your wife, your children, the music, the dance of your life has, has all been written. You just can't, you can't hear that sound. But it has been written. I think about how we watch movies and we, we love the scores. I mean, I've got scores of movies downloaded in my phone from, from Gladiator. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Pride and Prejudice. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I've got Gladiator in here. I've got The Patriot in here. I've got movie scores. Why? Because it moves me. I love it. I think about the score that has been written in heaven, that is going to be played when Jesus receives his bride unto himself. We are going to be carried to the throne room of God, assisted by angels that have been assigned to us. I want you to be very, I want to be very clear tonight. Listen to me. I don't believe in angels because of Hollywood. <laughs> They're promoting all of these movies about angels, series about, about angels. I don't believe in angels because of It's a Wonderful Life and Clarence needed his, his wings. And every time a little bell rings, an angel gets its wings. No. <laughs> I love when George says, well, you look like about the type of angel I'd get. <laughs> What's the matter, little fella? <laughs> I don't believe in angels because people told me about them. I don't believe in angels because of what the New Age movement is saying about angels right now. The New, the new Age movement, they're, and they're all over Sarasota. I see them all the time with their crystals around their neck, walking the beach, touching their crystals. The New Age movement is saying that, that the aliens are going to come and pick up in the UFOs. Angels are going to come in their UFOs and take people out of the earth. Isn't that amazing? Where did they even get that idea? Huh. It's amazing. They got that out of this book here. But it's very twisted and perverted, isn't it? There is a king, and he's coming with angel armies. And he's going to gather his elect from the four corners of the earth. He's going to take hold of us. We're going to be in the company in the presence of angels. I believe in angels because I believe the absolute authority of the word of God. That's why I believe in angels. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. I'm rounding third base. I'm going to slide head first. Are you ready? Colossians 1, 16. For by Him, Jesus, for by Him, all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. That's another description for the angelic race. You have to understand that. 
All things were created through him and for him. These angelic dominions, these angelic thrones, these angelic principalities, they were all made by our God. Angels have superior knowledge. They know the things that are happening in the earth. The one thing, you want to put this in your notes, the one thing that I'm sure or certain of that angels do not know, they do not know the day or the hour in which Jesus is returning. You know how I know that? Because out of the mouth of Jesus, he said, it has been relegated only unto my Father to know the the time of my return. It's awesome. Angels are without number. Now, we talked about numbers in the beginning. We talked about legions. Angels are without number. How do, well, how do I know that? That's in the Bible, too. Hebrews 12, verse 22. Hebrews 12. Is it behind me? It's coming. I've got faith for it. It will manifest. You will see it. It's coming. Hebrews 12, 22. It says, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, a heavenly Jerusalem. Listen to this. To an innumerable company of angels. Wow. You have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. This is awesome to think about. Let your heart and your mind wrap around this. Uh, 25,000 years from now, you're going to be very much alive, and so am I. And, man, you're going to look great. And I'm going to be like, man, you look better in heaven. You were amazing. You look so much better. I'm never going to have to use hairspray again. Hallelujah. It's just not going to have to worry about the hair products, you know. (laughs) All the root boost. (laughs) We're going to look so great. But we're going to be surrounded by an innumerable throng of angels. That just blows my mind. I mean, to think that we're going to sit in the kingdom come. And I'll look over and see, there's Cody and Sandra sitting with Moses. Oh, my gosh. There's August sitting there with Deborah and Ruth. You see, think of that. And then while we're having fellowship with the saints of all generations, we will be surrounded by an innumerable throng of angels. And there will be still a protocol of heaven going on around the throne of angels saying, Holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. Who was, who is, and is to come. Holy. And it's never going to end. Amazing. Amazing. I love it. Gosh, I love this. I'm I'm amped up tonight. Can I be amped? Can I be hyped? (laughs) Psalm 34, verse 7. Very familiar passage. It says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Gosh. Angels surround the righteous. That's you. I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching to Brian. I'm preaching to you. Angels surround you. Think of that. The angels of the Lord, they encamp around those 
fear him and deliver him. Psalm 3.3, I love this one. It says, but Lord, you are a shield to me. You're my glory and you're the one who lifts my head. When you just, listen, I, I want you to grab hold of this tonight, guys. There, whatever's going to happen on planet earth that we're going to witness, the Lord has already planned that we would not be moved into a realm of fear. His, his keeping power, it's beyond, it transcends natural understanding. Whatever we're about to see in the coming months, the coming years of nations being shaken by the judgments, the righteous judgments and the hands and the hand of the Lord. And if you don't think the Lord is not going to execute righteous judgment in America, you're living under a rock. We're about to see some things that, that oh, it's going to be very sobering. But the Lord has already surrounded us. His righteous, His sons and daughters of God. He is surrounding you. He is keeping you inside of His protection, of His presence, and angel armies that have been commissioned to you. He shall give His angels charge over you. To keep you in all of your ways. Psalm 91 verse 11. I remember early last year of telling the story of our dear friend, Pastor John Kilpatrick. When he was just a teenage boy, 16, 15, he was 15. There were 17 men late at night in the sanctuary praying with his mentor, his, his spiritual father. 17 men in that room. There was trouble in the church. Some bad things had broken out in the church. An evangelist had come, had really, well, he wasn't an evangelist. He, he was a messenger from the enemy. So discord in the church, all hell broke loose. And Pastor Kilpatrick's mentor, his pastor, who, was, who really became like a dad to him, was leaving. He was resigning the church. He was going to move to Florida. And that night they were in the church praying. And his pastor was in the far back right corner where he had always prayed. John was in the middle sitting in the chairs. And for some reason, his pastor got up, walked to the front. And these pews that you see like in the front that are normally here, we've moved them to the side to make more room for flagging. <laughs> Listen, every little square inch helps. You ever get whacked by one of those flags, you're going to know we need more inches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm believing for an altar space about five times the size of this for worship. Come on. Can you agree with me? That night, they came up. All 17 of those men sat on those front pews. There was just depression in the sanctuary as they were praying. It was really early in the morning, just after midnight. They were all sitting there these doors in the back of the sanctuary that had five different types of locks on those doors, suddenly, poof, a blast hit those doors, and those doors opened up and just hit the plaster on the wall gently, and two massive angels about 30 feet tall walked in off of the street. One walked to that corner and stood like a soldier. Another one came, dipped down, and then walked over to this corner and just stood there. All 17 of those men, including Pastor Kilpatrick, sat there looking at those angels. They never said a word. 
massive angels, never said a word. And then suddenly, like they had heard a, a, a call from the throne of the Lord, they were called. The first angel that came in and was over here turned like a soldier, walked, dipped down, went into the night and disappeared. The second angel turned like a militant soldier, did the same thing, turned, ducked down, went through the door and disappeared into the night. After a while, the pastor got up to go towards the doors, to close the doors, and every one of them just jumped in line, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm going with pastor. I'm not, you know, and they walked like little ducklings. <laughs> down that center aisle back to those doors and when they got near the door the power of the Holy Ghost took them and threw them to the ground they were slain in the spirit and when they woke up in the morning the sun had come up and those doors were wide open the sun was just bursting through that church from that day on there was no more hell and trouble in that church the next meeting the next meeting that they had within days of, of the angels appearing People, they, they had a packed house and people were falling out of their chairs everywhere and being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Several years ago, a friend of mine, Tommy Tenney, and some of you that are here, you'll remember when we had Tommy. We had Tommy several years. We had him. Three, I think three times here, not here, but in a place that could fit him. <laughs> and we had Bill Johnson. I remember Tommy called me and said, Brian, I feel like you're supposed to come to St. Louis with me. He said, there's a gathering of about 35 or 40 pastors, and I feel like you're supposed to be in this gathering. So we flew up to St. Louis, Missouri. We went into the meeting, and when we were worshiping, it was a very, very large sanctuary. But there was only about 35, 40 men there, ministers from around the country. And I remember I walked to the back of the sanctuary and I was watching everything. And out of my, out of my right peripheral vision, I saw this form suddenly move. And I looked over and I could see the form of what, what I then, it took me a little bit to understand what I was looking at. It was the form of an angel. But it was translucent in the place where I couldn't see its distinctions. And I'm like, Lord, am I really seeing this? And when I said that, it moved. There was no lights in the building where no lights could come in off of the streets, traffic, nothing. This form moved to the back of the sanctuary and stood to my direct right. And I could see it. It was like 20, 25, 30 feet high. It was an angel. Angels are very real. Now, what is my point tonight? I've taken the long track. Here's my point. I've got a few points. A few points. If angels can shut the mouths of lions for Daniel, if angels can deliver Peter out of prison, if angels can bring food to feed the prophet Elijah in a famine, that lasted for 40 days, taken care of by angels. If, angels. if angels ministered to Jesus in the wilderness and in the Garden of Gethsemane on the Mount of Olives, you must believe tonight that angels have been assigned to you and your family. Yes, have. You have to. Yes. 
You have to believe that your angels see the face of God every moment of your life. They are with you, but they see the very face of Almighty God in His throne. May God give us a revelation that angels are watching over us continually. We need this revelation very fresh for this hour. Because judgments are coming. And we're going, listen, judgments are coming. And we're going to have to remember we are well taken care of. We are protected and we will be preserved and we will be defended by the angel armies. And here is my closing point tonight. And I've went this whole way to tell you this. We are in an accelerated time where angels are coming to us to work with us in the harvest. My strength is about that big. My abilities are about that big. My gifts are about that big. I'm only good at a few things. I'm not good at a lot of things. I'm good at a few things. Maybe you're good at a few things or a lot of things. But in the light, in the light of the glory of God, what we have to offer, right? Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not enough. Now, at the same token, we do have the Spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead living and dwelling on the inside of us. Now, we've hardly even begun to scratch the revelation, the depth, the height, the width of that. Yet, God in His mercy is going to commission to us angel armies to move with us into the realm of the harvest. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, the time of the harvest of the nations has come. We are in the last days and we are moving into the most epic times on planet Earth. And it's going to require, it's going to require the angel armies of God coming along, men and women of God, and assisting us for this hour. This is what I inquire of you and I ask of you tonight. I want you to join us in prayer and ask courageously, Lord, send us legions of angels to prepare this city and this region for the outpouring. I want you to begin to pray like that. Father, would you commission your holy angels to the city, to this region, to prepare the way? I was out one night. I'm going to close with this story. I was out one night many years ago praying over the city. Two young men that were connected to my life at the time. I had known these young men for many years. They were praying with me and they came back and they shared 
we were on Fruitville Road, and they were, they were actually, sometimes I hesitate to say this because then, I, then people might jump to a conclusion. Don't jump to a conclusion concerning geography. Please don't do that, okay? But we were on Fruitville Road, and it was late that night. It was between 1 and 2 in the morning. But one of the young men saw an angel. And what happened was, is the angel took his wings and spread them out and took them into the ground and started plowing the ground behind him and breaking up the ground with his wings. It was out in front of Robart's Arena on Fruitville Road. And I'm not going to, I'm just saying that's where it was. I'm not going to mark that. I'm not saying, you know, I don't want everybody... Pastor, the Lord's told me that's our church, that's our church, that's our property. That's our... Well, praise God, because we'll have five and a half thousand seats. Hallelujah. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> we'll have a lot of space for all our kids to, to just go for it, right? Here's my point. God sends angels to work with mankind. And I want you to be aware of it. I want us to be more aware, acutely aware. When we prayed, let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory. Part of us being aware of God's presence is also being aware of the angels that are with us. We had an angel come into our home years ago, into our bedroom. It was quite an experience. It was there the whole night. Of course, you remember what I'm talking about. It was there for hours with us. Being aware of the presence of the Lord, but also being aware of angels coming. And there's more coming. There's more coming. Do you have faith to join us and ask God, Lord, would you loose forth legions of angels from your throne to come to our city and region and prepare the way of the Lord for the harvest? I pray that you'll have faith for that. I pray that you will pray with us that way. They're coming. The harvest is coming. We've got to get ready. We have a lot of work to do this year. We have, we, we have a lot of work to do. And, and really, any church that's worth its salt better be, you know, thinking it through. We've got to get ready. We've got to get ready. And here we are. We're only three and a half years old. In September, we turned four years old. But you know what? It... Folks, we are racing towards the time of the epic end of an age and the beginning of the dawn of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. We are going to see the greatest harvest. Every one of us, every man in here, every woman in here is going to be used. We're going to be used in the harvest, but we're not going to be working alone. Can you put your Bibles aside? Let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Stephen.
several years ago, my wife and I were pioneering a church in this region, first church we pioneered in this region. We were having powerful moments in our worship time. And I remember I had a dream. And in that dream, in this particular worship service, what had happened was is angels literally manifested in our altar while we were worshiping. And, it, and in my dream, it terrified, terrified the people. And we had to shut the doors. I remember we, we shut in all the doors and people started coming. In my dream, people started coming from everywhere to see the angels. And we weren't allowing anyone in to the meeting. The meeting was packed. It was a large gathering. More recently in our worshiping experiences, that dream has come back to me again and again, even tonight, of course, ministering. It's come to me again. I believe, I believe with all my heart, our gatherings have the potential to become the most wondrous, joyous, experiences on planet earth when the body of Christ comes together. You remember what Steve said earlier, many churches come, they hardly even tap into the realm of the anointing. And he was, he was exhorting us about this church coming, you know, and, and what we've experienced even tonight. I believe that we're going to see the ministry of the Holy Spirit in such extraordinary ways, but also the ministry of angels. And angels are in this room. They're here tonight. They're, they're over there with our kids. They're over in that building with our children tonight. They're all over this campus. And they're there with you online that are watching tonight. They're here. I believe our gatherings are going to become the most exhilarating places in the earth as we host the presence of God and the tangible glory of God increases amongst us that we're going to see angel activity strong, strong. And it's biblical. It's from Genesis to Revelation. It's all through this book. Why should we not expect it? There's, come on, why should we not expect it? Did I randomly preach this message to us tonight? Oh, no, I did not. I am a messenger. I am a messenger from the Lord. There are times in the Spirit that are coming to us quickly. We're going to see some awesome stuff in God. Consecrate yourself unto the Lord. Get yourself ready. Prepare yourself. Amen? Prepare yourself. We're going to see some mighty awesome things in God. Lastly, the last thing I want to say, I want to remind you tonight. Where's my notes? I wanted to say this right.
Proverbs chapter 1, verse 33. Whoever listens to me, not me, <laughs> the Lord, whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Proverbs 133. The Lord wants us as men of God, women of God, to live without fear of evil. You guys have been declaring it over and over in worship. Even tonight, I watched you go. I was like, hallelujah, there it is again, Lord. You're so good. He wants us to live in such a way we literally fear no evil. We're seeing so much evil being vomited out of the pit of hell against our country and the nations right now. It is so grieving. But I'm telling you, even though darkness is covering the earth and deep darkness, the people behold the glory of the Lord shall arise upon you and it shall be seen upon you. We're entering into a greater glory, my friends. A greater glory that the world has never seen. We are going to surpass the book of Acts. We are going to surpass the book of Acts. The greatest outpouring and move of God on planet Earth is about to happen. Listen. And God doesn't want you being a slave or fearing any evil. Be secure. Be bold. Know that the angels of God are surrounding you, keeping you, keeping your family, your destiny, your children. Don't you back up, right? Don't you let the enemy put any level of fear on your life. Don't you dare do it. He has no authority over your life. He has no authority over your life. Amen? Use your authority. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you again for an amazing, amazing night. Your presence is so rich, and I honor you with all of the saints tonight as we lift our hands. We honor you tonight, King of kings, Lord of lords. We honor you. We give you all the glory. It's been so beautiful, Lord. May this be a supernatural week. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bless you and I commission you to walk in your assignment this week and know that angel armies are assisting you, going before you, going behind you. They are a shield surrounding you that the Lord's providence and hand is breaking through before you. That miracle favor is coming to you because angels are working and assisting you even now. Lord, I thank you that your angels are being commissioned to bring our miracle property to us. Even now, Lord, we decree it. Your angels are being sent forth to bring that property to us for the harvest of this hour in the name of Jesus. And I give you the glory, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, got one more shout left in you? Praise God. We love you guys. Good night. Be blessed. Have a beautiful week, a miracle week. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. 
For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com or download the Victory FLA app.